had branches of the tree of Calvary in my life, pastors and leaders and good friends and people that mentored me, that they got close enough to me that I just started to rise out of what I was in. Come on, somebody. And so tonight, right now, I'm throwing that branch out right now to anybody that's suffering or feel like they're sinking in an area or feel like something in their life is so loose they can't fix it. They can't get it right. And if that's you, I want you to stand up right now because the power of God, the same power that raised that piece of metal from the bottom of the Jordan River, it'll raise you up. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you have done. I don't care how you're thinking. I'm throwing the branch of Calvary to you right now. Submit yourself to this power that's available to you right now. I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. I don't want you to look down upon yourself. It's time to rise up out of that thing. That thing will always come on you. That thing will always haunt, haunt you if you don't tighten up that area. And the grace of God will help you do that. I know it. I know it. I feel like I just threw the stick out there. The power of God's grabbing your heart right now and bringing you where you need to be. I feel it. I sense it. I'm going to talk about it a little longer. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Welcome to the church of God. Welcome to the church of God. This is where the transforming power of Almighty God begins to work in people's lives. Welcome to the church of God. Welcome to the church of God. This is where you will be transformed. This is a transforming power right now touching you. I just feel like I could get my hands on somebody. First one up here, I'm going to put my hands on you. Come on, I'm the stick. You're the metal. Come up here. I just, man, it just came on me. You're the metal, I'm the stick. You're sharp, but you you got to get a handle. You got to get a handle on this situation. You got to get a handle on your circumstance. And the power of God, the Spirit of God will lead you and teach you. Put you where you need to be. Who's ready to get a handle on it? <laughs> man, my sound booth man ran up here. Come on, man. <laughs> We're going to take a few minutes. Something's going to happen that you won't deal with this thing that's loose in your life. God's about to, about to tighten you up. Shaka basake edamanande. Look at me like you're about to come up. This is supernatural. This is not anything you can do. This is not anything I can do. This is the Lord going to raise you up in that area where you have fallen short. You'll touch it with gum in your mouth. Chewing it. I'm telling you. Tighten it up, Lord. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. You've tried, you couldn't. Others tried, they couldn't. The grace of God right now. Help you in the area. Help you in the area that you're weak. 
Help you in the area that you're not sure of. Help, Lord. Divine help. The help of the stick of God. Moses, 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 Moses threw a stick. No, uh, Elisha threw a stick in bitter water. And all of a sudden it became sweet. It became right. God's making it right. What's not right, he's making right. What's not right, he's making right. What's not right, he's making right. What's off, he's putting on. What's not working, he's causing to work. Right now, just believe it. You're coming up. You're coming up. I don't care who said what. I don't even care what you believe. You're coming up by the power of God. You're coming up. 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 And listen, if something's loose, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean you're not a believer. That doesn't mean that, you know, you, you're in deep sin or anything like that. But when something loose, it needs to be tightened so you can move on. You know what it is? Lord, do it. Lord, do it. Lord, do it to this little lady. Do it. Do it. You hungry, huh? I know you are. You like we couldn't run you off right now. <laughs> Tighten it up. There's nothing wrong with you. God just needs to tune you up a little bit. Touch him, Lord. It's your day. It's your time. It is. It is. It's your day. It's your time. I bet you didn't think you were going to get this, huh? First time. I like that. Oh. <laughs> Realize tonight something grabbed you from your fallen state. Something grab you, and there'll be a paradigm shift, even in your thinking in that area. Something happened tonight that you won't walk back to that area. That struggle, that place of striving and trying, something's happening. There's a shift, and you'll never be the same. You too. Terrible, Terry. Amen. Hallelujah. That was just not counted. I'm sorry, Pastor Nick. We're not, we're not taking away from your preaching. Y'all okay? If it's loose, let the Lord deal with it. Matthew 16, 13. Matthew 16, verse 13. I'll read through verse 19. Listen, we have an outreach this Saturday. Where are we meeting, Kevin? Okay. All right. Butcher Boy in Plaquemine at 11. We'll be cooking. Okay. Shane, raise your hand. We need some set-up people, 1030 here. To get all the gear out there. Uh, Timmy, you're going to help. Logan, you're going to help. Good. Anything else? Matthew 16, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, 
he asked his disciples saying who do men say that I the son of man am he kind of already told them I'm the son of man <laughs> I mean, hint <laughs> so they said some say John the Baptist some Elijah others Jeremiah or one of the prophets he said to them but who do you say that I am Simon Peter answered and said you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered and said to him how many of y'all know he answered right blessed are you Simon bar Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven how many of y'all know this is everything the revelation of who Jesus Christ is so anything we say from this point on in the service if we would point to something great or we would point to or talk about the church or somebody in the church it's all based on Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross so nobody can look at what we're saying and mistake it that we're lifting up something higher than Jesus okay you all with that all right and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it it says the gates of Hades will not prevail against it now the work of hell is going to prevail in many areas it could prevail in government it could pre prevail in wicked people it could prevail in wicked organizations but it will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ or this church. It will not prevail against us. Are y'all happy about that? And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so the context of this scripture is really building the church on that revelation that Peter had. At first, Jesus called Peter Simon bought Jonah. And then he called him Peter. So Simon bought Jonah really means sandy and weak. And Peter means a hard, strong rock. And right in the middle of this transformation, now this is kind of a prophetic word because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet, but this is what's to come. And so we see a name change. And in, in the Old Testament, and this is before the cross, but yet, you know, Jesus is walking the earth. Whenever a name is changed, it has to do with a nature change. And so the Lord saw a nature change coming in Peter. So basically he's prophesying and prophetically speaking who he is before he is that, before the cross has provided what he really needs. Yeah, y'all with me. And so the church is the middle of this transformation. He says, I will build my church. The word church means ecclesia. And it really is a plural word. It means the called out ones. It means a, how did that go? 
uh, a popular meeting of believers. How about that? A very popular, important meeting of believers, of the called out ones. And so, you know, if I walk around and say I'm the church, that's not really fair to say. I'm a part of the church. So nobody can be the church themselves, and nobody is a part of the church if they're all alone. And so my point tonight, and I asked Pastor Nick to come uh, because his dad was a preacher. Was your grandfather a preacher? And you, four generations. Okay. And, and a daughter. And your wife's a preacher too. And so I, I asked him to come to talk about church and the transforming power of church. There's really two strong elements in the kingdom of God that have a that has a transforming power and it's the cross and it's the church welcome to the church of Jesus Christ I'm telling you the church gave me everything that I have now now you understand if I don't add Jesus to that that doesn't sound right but I already did I said he's the foundation he's the Christ he's the son of the living God but he's going to use his people to help people. And so the church is his hub on the planet today. And this is what the church did for me. It taught me I was pardoned from my sin of the past. I mean, I, I had to learn that. My, I'm released. I knew it. I got the revelation, but I struggled with it. And then it began to show me that I have a power over my past now. My past don't have me. I got my past and I put it to pass at last. It's gone. And then this church, the church, the church of the living God, helped me to see the promises that I have in my future. And so this is what the church does. It changed a Paul, a Saul of Tarsus to a Paul the Apostle. It changed Zacchaeus, a taker to a giver. It, it just constantly changed people's lives. But it was the church that caused people to transform by the preaching of the gospel from the foundation of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. I've almost finished. Even in Genesis 2.18, the Bible said it's not good for man to be alone. Just watch a man by himself. He'll mess up everything. He can't clean a house. He can't, he can't change a diaper. You, you understand? Just leave a man by himself a long time and just track back. And his, it's a mess. So God knew that. Don't, you, man was not made to be alone. So God sent him a help meet. That's what the Bible says, a help meet. We say help mate, but it's really help meet. We needed someone to meet with. We needed, and really what that word help meet means is that God was going to introduce Adam to the better part of himself, to his other side. And so the church is a type of the Eve, and you will find your best in the church. 
you will find your better self in the transforming power of the church. That's where you find yourself. And you'll find yourself better. You'll be taught. You'll look in the mirror of God's word and you'll begin to see yourself in Christ. Is anybody getting that? And, and once you got your help meet, Eve or the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, or the building of God. We are the building of God. Not the building, but the building of God. The Bible talks about that, you know, the church is established by God. If it's not established by God, then the laborers work and build in vain. And so we are the building of the Lord. Y'all got that. And so it doesn't matter what happens in your life. God will meet you in every challenge. God will be with you in every challenge. If it's a financial challenge, God will be with you. He'll work through this church. He'll work through people. If, if your family's a challenge, if your marriage is a challenge, if uh, an addiction or a problem or a pain is a problem in your life, I'm telling you, the church will be a part of your help being an overcomer. Now listen, to real spiritual people, loners, people that want to do it by themselves, they won't even like the way I'm talking right now. But I already made, I already made the foundation that Jesus is Lord. I didn't say he was Savior. I said Jesus is Lord. That, that's the difference. And so when we talk about the church, we are basing it on how Jesus sees the church, the hub of heaven on earth, to transform men and women into the image and the likeness of his dear son. Amen? So I want you to be, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you again, welcome to the church of God. And I want to say this. I forgot to do that. I want to say this. Jim, we're going to do it another time. I'm sorry. Uh, I want to say this. I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, this is this could be, this, this piece of wood could have come out of tree a tree that could have fallen in Noah's flood. That's how old it is. It was dug up. 20 foot under the ground, 8 foot underwater. It sunk, it fell. But here it is today. It was found. And so it doesn't matter how far you have failed, felt fallen. <laughs> A tree has failed, so you can fail. God, the enemy can cut you down. I always try to make it right when it ain't right. There's probably some pride in there. So I'm going to ask Pastor Nick to come up and just encourage us about the power and the transforming ability that we have together. Amen? Come on, Pastor Nick. Who, who does not know Pastor Nick? Y'all never met Pastor Nick? You never met Pastor Nick? Y'all never met Pastor Nick? He is an icon here. If, if you ever see a picture or an emblem of the River Church, if you look real close, you'll see his face in there. Uh, 
All right, did it turn on? You got me. Man, if I start in calling names and <laughs> memories, it's going to be too long. Except for Ethan. I want to say hi to you. Thanks for all of those weeks and months that you drove out to Irwinville to help us. Thank you so much. What a blessing. And it was a privilege to mentor you for a season. You're a blessing. Everybody here's a blessing. Pastor Butch is a blessing. He bought me some etouffee today. He's a real blessing. It's so funny that you're talking about these lone wolves and these things in the church. Um, we had a leaders meeting in Mandeville at the Hub. My daughter pastors a church in Mandeville called the Hub, the Hub North Shore. And that's where I am right now. I don't have a title. Dad, Papa Nick, administrative pastor, uh, it's his fault. A um, whole, whole lot of things. He did it. <clears throat> but that's the place that I'm serving. This is the place that I'm from. Everybody needs to be from somewhere. I'm serving there, but I'm from here. My accountability is here. If you ever have a problem with me, Talk to him. Don't talk to my daughter. I'll overrule her. But you can talk to Pastor Butch. Everybody needs an accountability. Everybody needs a covering. And that's one of the important things about the church. We pastored in Baton Rouge for nine and a half years in Central. And when we left there, it was evident to us that the group that we were connected with, it was a, de a denomination, a wonderful denomination, but it was evident to us that we were on a journey that sort of took us in separate places. So the first thing that we did, we needed a church. We needed a new beginning. I was only 60 years old. In the prime of life. I'm still in my prime. So, so, my wife asked me, said, um, <laughs> stop. <laughs> my wife asked me, I said I'm in my prime. I didn't say I was in the best shape I had ever been in. My wife asked me, she said, well, where will we go then? And I made this statement to her. I said, we will go where we are known and where we are seen. Now, I was talking about something that sounds ethereal, like over the rainbow, where we're seen and where we're known. Well, when you pastor in a town for, for nine years, you're always in church. You don't get to go to other churches, so really nobody knew us or had seen us. My, my statement was, we belong somewhere. Not just anywhere. 
we belonged somewhere. And when we got there, they would know us and see us. Our journey was very short. This is the first place we came. Now, we thought about other places, but it was like this, no. We had never visited. We watched you a little on live stream. Yeah. So when we came in that day, we were unintentionally a half hour late, and then we were ignorant of the service time. So we were a whole hour late. And we stood out and thought about, you know, just giving it another shot next week. But we came in and we sat right over there, put our stuff down, turned around, and there is Pastor Bush. And the first words out of his mouth were, I know you. I've seen you. I know you. I said, you don't know me, man. I mean... You don't know me. You've never met me anywhere. I know you. I know y'all. I've seen y'all. By that time, she's crying. And he thought that he had really blown with the first-time visitors. It was over. But what he was speaking back to us is what the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. Where we were known, we were known the moment we came here. And we were seen the moment that we came. It would behoove us to be very sensitive to who comes in the door. Because some people are just passing through and some people have found their home. And we need to reach out to them. We need to be sensitive to that. Come on. So that's our relationship to this church. We, this it was our new beginning in, in, in my midlife. you got to start somewhere. But it's amazing. In the church, there's a new beginning, a brand new beginning, if you're 60. If you're 80, there's a new beginning. There's a place. There's always a refreshing, a new beginning in the church. Come on. I'm going to keep it real simple tonight. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 I'm going to read also in 1 Peter chapter 5 a couple of things I want to talk about this this church that we're part of not an organization but an organism yes there is that organization part yes sometimes there's that institutional part yes sometimes there's that political part but deeper than all of that is the organism, the living, life-giving body of Christ that we're a part of. So I'm going to bait you with this one. 1 Peter 4.10 As each of you has received a gift in the Amplified, so it's just going to sound very, although it's going to ramble. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, Employ it for one another as it benefits 
good trustees of God's many-sided, another translation says multicolored, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by grace or unmerited favor. Now, here's one of the, the buzz terms or the buzz thoughts in with Christians. They want to know what their gift is. They really want to know many times what my ministry is. When people find out who I really am, of course, everybody wants to be known and recognized. They really do. Nobody wants to just sit there. Everybody wants to be known and used. But that can also take a strange turn. Then it becomes all about you. So before we find out what we're going to do in the ministry, before we find out where we're going to go in the ministry, we need to find out where we belong. What has God called me to do? Really, we need to find out where has God called me to be. And if you find out where God has called you to be, then what He's called you to do will begin to develop. That's one of the reasons we need a church, the church, the right church, to develop our gifts. So, if you're just antsy, antsy about your gift, can't wait to use your gift, can't wait to be seen. Sometimes this turns into just wanting a microphone. That's not what gifts are about. If God wants you to have a microphone, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. If that's your gift, believe me, you'll find it. But let's turn a page and get a little perspective. 1 Peter chapter 5. This is the Amplified. It's a little wordy. Hang on. Um, it'll be okay. I warn and counsel the elders among you, the pastors and spiritual guides of the church, as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify the sufferings of Christ, as well as a sharer in the glory, the honor, the splendor that is to be revealed, disclosed, and unfolded. I told you. They said all of that to say this. Tend. But I like the Amplified because it tells you what tend means. Nurture, guard, guide, and fold the flock of God that is in your care or your responsibility. Not by coercion or by constraint, but willingly, not dishonorably, motivated by the advantages and profits belonging to the ministry, but eagerly and cheerfully. So, when you have a pastor like Pastor Butch, there are all kinds of pastors. That's why you have to let God set you in the right place. There are all kinds of pastors in all sorts of spiritual conditions. And all kinds of ideas about what truth is. So finding the pastor that God has for you is vitally important. So this pastor has the, this commission to take care of the flock. Can I look at it just a little bit with you? Nurture. Uh, we've been here just a few minutes, and I, I'm, I'm nurtured up, man. I mean, this guy, 
finds you if you're, you're loose and you're lost and tighten up straighten up you're wonderful all in the same thing he's nurturing you so you got you got corrected and lifted up and edified all in the same altar call I don't know how that happens nurture guard here's something about spiritual authority if you call the police and you tell them somebody about do something to you they'll clearly tell you they can't do anything to guard you they have to wait till you get shot and then they'll come and if they can catch the guy how many get away lots no suspects in this case but we know where you know we know where the guy's in the hospital but we don't know where the guy is they shot him but in the kingdom it's not like that guard guard means you see a danger and you address the danger before the damage is done now that's a job that's a job that's why I don't my, my watch don't work my, see this is my good band on my bad watch my good watch has a bad band that's the truth it, it's, it runs but the bands broke so this band really is good but the battery, well, it's quarter to six. Guard, 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 guard. Well, the pastor told me this. I, he don't know what he's talking about. Guard, he's guarding you. He sees something. He has a vantage point. He has an anointing. He has an unction. He has a heart. He has a gift to see that the bridge is out. We don't even want to tap the brakes. So here we go. Woo! And if we survive it, there's the pastor saying, Hey, you're going to be all right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nurture. Guard. Guide. 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 He's always telling me what to do. Man, man, he's just uh, OCD. He's just, he sees everything guide he's trying to guide you he's trying to guard you he's trying to guide you and I will say this to you if you find a place where the guy's not doing that you're in the wrong place anybody can put on a show and good flesh can draw a crowd and good music and good flesh put together can just make a hokey pokey church just cram full of people that aren't guarded and they aren't guided and they aren't nurtured. That's why I call this man my pastor. I serve over there, but I'm from here. I'm submitted here. Why would you submit to somebody who's not submitted to somebody? The way I know submission is I am submitted. Hallelujah. It's so funny that the people that are not submitted to anybody want to start a church and have people that are submitted to them. Well, I don't have, you know, praise God, I hear from the Lord. Yeah. 
Yeah. You still need to be submitted. You need to be accountable. And the people that are not accountable can't wait to get a microphone, can't wait to get a crowd, and then they're wanting everybody to be accountable to them. It doesn't work that way. Fold the flock of God. That means keep the sheep together. Keep the sheep together. Why is he always calling me? Because he sees you out there on the edge. He's trying to fold you. Fold you. Well, I'm not sociable. You need to be. Christians are sociable. We have different personalities, but we are not here to be alone and not noticed. We are here to be apart. And people need you. The first scripture I read was, you need to be a good steward of your gift. People need you. Somebody needs you. And if we would recognize that in coming to church, we would come more. Well, I'm not preaching. Why should I? Because he won't always reach every person. You will. You'll be the very person that folds them in. Good preaching. Not domineering as arrogant, dictatorial, overbearing persons over those in your charge. Don't talk rough to me, man. Don't talk rough to me. I didn't talk rough to my children. I just told them how it was. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Here are the consequences. And here's the blessings for, yeah, we're going to Disney World. But don't, but, don't, but don't talk smack to me. I might get mad at you. Not dictatorial. Not overbearing. You ever notice how gentle, strong people are? Really, genuinely strong people are gentle. And it's their internal strength and their spiritual strength that causes us to submit. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Scream at me and I'm going to forget that you're supposed to be over me because I don't want to be screamed at. I don't want anybody to be ugly at to me. Right? Just be strong. Be gentle. Being examples, patterns, models of Christian living to the flock and congregation. Well, you are just talking about pastors. Here we go. And then, when the chief shepherd is revealed, you will win conqueror's crown of glory. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Hallelujah. Likewise, you who are younger and or of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, the spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. I got to where I just wouldn't marry people that I didn't think belonged together. I always felt obligated to marry. You know, some people don't get married. So in, in a way, some people just shack up. Well, that's what we used to call it, shack up. Bef, be, before that, now, now it's what? Moving in together, next phase. When I was growing up, it was you living in sin. <laughs> oh, them too? They living in sin. <laughs> How did that, where did that go? 
Where am I? Okay. <laughs> the younger ones, be subject, be subject to the spiritual guides of ministry, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe or apron yourselves. This isn't talking to the elders any longer or the pastors. This is talking to us as members. Apron yourselves, all of you, with humility as the garb of a servant so that its covering cannot possibly strip, be stripped from you. How do you go up in the kingdom? You go down. When do you find an opportunity to minister your gift? When you're washing someone's feet and ministering to the least of these within the church and the community. Come on, this is good. With freedom from pride and arrogance, oh Lord, toward one another, for God sets himself against the proud. So you want to be used? So you want the Holy Ghost to use you? So you want the people of the church to look to, to, to you as someone spiritual? You've got to go down before you go up. God wants you up. And he wants to raise you up you raise you up, you're like that other guy who exalted himself. God wants you exalted. He doesn't want you to exalt yourself. We're talking about the church now. He resists the proud. Man, man, man. The insolent, overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous the boastful. We, you know, we just blow that off when people are boastful. We need to bring them to this scripture and warn them. Be bragging all around here about what you do and who you are and what you know. Because the Bible says don't do that. God wants to lift you up, but he can't lift you up like that. Because you'll, be, you'll have the same nature as the adversary. The adversary is self-promoting. That was the spirit on him that caused him to fall. So when we promote ourselves, we're going to fall. So God doesn't want to lift you up so you can fall, but so that you may remain. Therefore, humble yourself. Now, how many times is he going to say this? Humble, 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 down, 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 low, low, low. Humble yourself, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation. Under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. I'm ready to go up, y'all. I like up. But I like when he lifts me up, because when he lifts me up, nobody can bring me down. God sets me in a position, then who's my adversary? Who's big enough to bring me down? If God sets me up, 
man, but if I lift myself up, I don't even have one toe solid on the ground. There's no telling when I'm going to tip over, when I'm going to fall. Crash. And the higher you lift yourself up, oh, the harder you fall. Casting the whole of your care. This is verse 7. So many words, like a million words in here. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties. Now he's starting to bless you. Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. You see, that's what he's doing. Come, come under where I can bless you and protect you. Then once you get under his mighty hand, and you have no worries. No cares. No Xanax. Tried it, don't need it anymore. Got the peace of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Be well balanced, temperate. Oh Lord, here we go again. Be well balanced, temperate. What's temperate mean? You, you don't lose your you, you don't lose your temper, and you don't go to extremes about anything. Sober of mind, be vigilant, cautious at all times. Now I'm getting ready to close. This is the second part. It's shorter than the first part. Okay. The first was your gift. First was your gift. Now learn something about authority. This is where you need the church. Everybody wants to operate in dominion and authority. But you cannot operate in authority until you're under authority. So, man, first, this is just a little bitty book, and it's already wore me out tonight. I mean, this, this is a life assignment right here in just a few verses. It's a lifestyle. All of that to say this, for that enemy of yours, the devil, this is not to put you under the pastor's thumb. This is not to make you quiet. This is not to put you down. This is not to keep you under control. This is to position you for your enemy. If you're in the right place in the church, if you're in the right place in God's authority, if you're under the mighty hand of God, which if you read that, to be under the mighty hand of God, you have to be under the leadership of the church. You can't separate those verses. This is boom, 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 line on line. Well, I'm submitted to the mighty hand of who's your pastor. Are you his enemy or his friend? I, I've been pastors of people, and I would see them out. I'd go, hurry, hurry, quick, quick, quick. Because they never had anything good to say to me. I was having a good day, and I knew if I ran into them, they, they, they were going to give me a bad day, a hard time, an opinion, a judgment. Made me feel bad. Sorry, I'm only human. It's like, I, I've run out of many places. I didn't want that buffet anyway. Let's go. Oh, I could take you to the place. Pizza Inn. Carlsbad, New Mexico. Here they are. I'm gone. 
out of there for that enemy of yours. Be submitted to the leadership of the church. Be committed to one another to help love, serve one another, prefer one another. Start serving other people. Just, just let the Lord take care of it. Just serve other people. This has never failed. This cannot fail. The devil roams around like a lion, roaring in a fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. All of that to protect you from that. All of that to put you in a position to where you're not subject to and vulnerable to the destructive devices of the devil. You can bind and loose, but if you don't do these things, you had no position to bind or loose none. It's when you're under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God is a, is a hand of authority. And some church members are always challenging authority. Now, I'm sure you have an open door policy. Something not going right. Somebody's got a beef. Somebody got hurt. The door is open. That's different than always having the opposite opinion. And we talked about Monday night. We have a whole group of millennials. That just means young people. who have danced danced around all the churches on the North Shore and they come to our church you know our church is a novelty because you have a woman preacher and we got crazy praise like we do here so we have wild services and a woman preacher well it's drawing everybody I'm not sure that's a good thing. Because a lot of people that come, they already know everything. Everything. About everything. And they're 19 years old. In a short little period of time, they've amassed this amazing. Come on, y'all. But listen to this. This is how I want to end this. Withstand him. Who's him? Oh, my God. The King James says, whom resist. Now, I want to get to that whom resist place in my life. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm there. And we're all in the flesh. And we all need the Holy Ghost. We all have to walk in the Word. And it's a daily thing. But literally, as believers... We're looking for this place, not of grandeur, not where we have the microphone in the spotlight, not where everybody knows our name, but this place of whom resists. You see him, resist him. That's, you know, that's fighting words. The scripture would never put you in a place like that unless you were ready. You do the rest of this stuff, you're going to be ready. Because you're under the mighty hand of God. You don't boast. You're not prideful. You don't have an agenda. Man. 
withstand him. Be firm in faith. That's what discipleship and church membership and maturity is all about. Be firm in faith against his onset. Rooted, established, strong. There are a lot of people pastoring churches. There are a lot of people on Christian TV that aren't here. You need to get here and let God worry about TV. You might not look good on TV. Not everybody looks good on TV. A lot of people. How do you know? I know them. I would say character flaws, but it's more like, no. Rooted. Established strong, immovable. That's why Pastor Butch is here. That's why the leaders of this church are here, to bring you to a place where you're immovable. Immovable. Isn't that amazing? And determined. Knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christ throughout the world. In other words, everybody has to do this process. Then when you submit, you become strong. You're under the mighty hand of God. I'm going to leave you with this. this I, I have to give this because this is what I've been meditating on. Don't let Satan, he just puts you up against him face to face. Whom resist? Don't let Satan put on you what God put on Jesus. Read Isaiah 53 and you'll find that every problem, every adversity, every sickness, every attack, every lack attack, everything that you'll ever go through was already put on Jesus. So most of what we go through in life is the devil trying to illegally put on us and get us to carry anxiety worry, poverty I'm not good enough sickness defeat divorce bankruptcy, all of that the enemy is trying to put on you what God put on Jesus and when you read Isaiah 53 you'll find out that he put it on Jesus instead of you in other words when he put it on Jesus it atoned for you so that he was made sick so that you would be made well. And sin fell upon him so that you could be righteous. Come on. So anxiety came upon him and distress came upon him so that you could be at peace. The Bible says that. Don't let the devil put on you what God's already put on Jesus on your behalf. Amen? Just a little bit more advice on how to stick it in the devil's face. Listen to this. Just, just doubt it. Doubt it. You see, sickness, it's not bad enough to be sick. It is it's, it's bad enough to be sick. But sickness has a voice. You ever heard it? You're going to die of this. You ain't never going to get better. They're going to have to put a bag on you. You'll always have to wear that oxygen. 
sickness has a voice and it speaks to you the outcome of what you're feeling I mean you can just have stomach virus and feel like you're going to die right especially if it's going both ways that is like so it's bad enough to be going both ways you're sitting and you bring me the trash can Ooh. but there's a voice inside that says you know you've had this three days you're going to die doubt it doubt it well you know you've been running in the red for a while why don't you just go ahead and file bank no 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 it's bad enough to run in the red it's another thing to go bankrupt it ain't half as fun as it's made out to be anybody here ever been bankrupt come on me and her and her I was counting on you know kind of a a group hug how many have ever needed to do bankruptcy it's not half as fun as they say it's going to be and now they've made it harder everything you go through has a voice doubt that voice claim the promises of God and it all starts by just being this person that joins himself to this thing that we call the church every everything I've ever needed every resource every blessing everything I've ever needed I found the Bible says every joint supply so we're connected in the right place in the body of Christ. It's the joints that supply. So if you're disjointed, you're in real trouble. I love y'all. Praise God. Pastor Nick is amazing. I mean, I, I so enjoy him. You know, some guest ministers, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, and I know them. You know what they're about to do. And uh, something happened to me, and when it happened to me, I thought about you. <clears throat> I had two people call me or talk to me, and they said, <clears throat> we want to begin to bring some pastors in our church not the prophet, they've all come, the evangelists, the apostles, the teachers. They said, I want to bring some pastors in. So two people asked me that. When they asked me that, first person I thought of, you need to ask Pastor Nick. <laughs> I am serious. But the Lord showed me that he's going to open doors for you and me to go into churches and help pastors and when I was asked that and I know people have been talking about it I kept thinking about you so Lord I thank you for the open doors for Pastor Nick not only to take care of his own daughter's church but I thank you open doors I thank you Lord he'll go behind the prophet and clean it up he'll go behind the evangelist and clean it up He'll go behind a hectic, crazy, harebrained uh, intercessor and clean it up, Lord. And I just thank you for those doors to come and build on the foundation of that precious, precious pastor. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a what an awesome time to be with y'all. It's so so good. Who enjoyed that? <coughs> you know, pastors, we think alike, we speak up on the same lines. And uh, you know the pastor, and I'm not just saying that because I'm the pastor. But a pastor has almost more authority in the church than anybody else because he's the door for anyone coming in. Of course, an apostle over the church, you know, usually the son or the, the one being mentored, the apostle, the daddy, the father, he can come in at any time. But the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, they can't get in a church unless the pastor okays it. And usually the pastor is thinking about the people. And if y'all been around here any time, we're very slow uh, to, to just invite any. I mean, I have people calling me all the time to come in church. I have people in church wanting me to have people come in because they got a flare, they got a fire, and that's all good. But I would appreciate it you would just work with us and let us make that choice for you. Just because we've been around a little longer. And of course, <clears throat> the church today is being devalued. And I am standing up for the church. For too long, it's been devalued. Especially with this millennial age. You know, church is not watching TV in your pajamas eating popcorn by yourself. I don't care what you call it. That's not it. You're still alone. Man shall not be, should not be alone. And so what we need is this right here. This, this is the transforming power of individuals when we meet like this and we read the word and we dissect the word and we talk about the word and we share God's will and ways. This is where it happens. If a prophet comes in, he just kind of stirs things up and charges you. Or a teacher will add something to what the pastor already did. Or the evangelist will come in and say, you know, you've been taught enough. Let's go do something. <laughs> but, but it always comes back to this. And the purpose of this church, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to keep saying it until we get it. My job is to keep you built, keep you encouraged because you must endure because you can lose heart it's easy to lose heart it's normal to lose heart you get discouraged and our jobs as pastors is to keep you built up is to keep you seeing right is to keep you focused and keep focused and keeping your eyes on Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith and he endured because he had a joy set before him even against hostile sinners, consider the cross. Always consider the cross. He endured. So he is our example that we can endure also and that we don't need to say, stay in a broken heart. We don't need to be downtrodden. We don't need to stay disappointed. So I'm telling you to tell everybody you know, Timmy, the lady that was with you. There she is. I want to tell you this. 
I kind of told you before the service, you just come to church no matter what. No matter what. I don't care. I, I mean, if you use drugs the night before, if you high, just come to church. If you fought with your wife, if you hollered and screamed, keep coming. If you sinned and you did it all wrong, just keep coming because this is the place that's going to help you not to lose heart. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up when you see lack in your finances. Keep coming to church. And if I could have a hand raised, and if we would all be honest with ourselves, when you got away from church, things got loose. And all of a sudden, you got lost. And then you had to start seeking the Lord again. Why? Because you lost something. Why would you seek something? Because you got to find it. And so this is what we want to get across to our people and anybody you disciple, anybody you mentor. You don't need to do it by yourself. Get them connected to the body of Christ. It's so much easier. Don't let people take you out of church and you become the only Christian in their life. They are in rebellion. They are not wanting to change. They want what they want, when they want it, and they want you as their personal little spiritual advisor. And it doesn't work like that. You tell them, listen, evangelism is gone long enough. I've evangelized you. You know me. You know I love you. Now you need to get your back in in church. You need to get under a covering, a corporate covering, that you can grow and become spiritually mature in the Lord. That's it. That's what church is all about. It's not for the lost. We are not meeting here to eat. It's not an evangelistic meeting. It's not for the lost. It's for the believers to stay strong in your call, in your marriage, in your finances, in your holiness, in everything you are called to do that you can stay strong, endure to the end, and please the Father. Amen. Well, let me say this because where's Jim? I lose people. You ever do that? Uh, Jen and Donald are going to be adopting. And so, and you might say, why don't they get special attention and credit? Because I love them. That's why. <laughs> they mean no harm. And anyway, Jen is making all kinds of things. I think they need $10,000. Is that right? And she is... She is heavily after it. She makes all kinds of things. She has a wonderful handwriting and script and artistic ability. And so if you need Christmas presents, you need something, you talk to Jen. She's got it for you. Amen. How was that for a plug? <laughs> and listen, in church, you know, the righteous people, people that are submitted here and people are doing the right thing, you need to hire them. You don't need to be going hire the world. You need a painter, hire this man. Hire Miss Lisa. Miss Lisa. You need a contractor, I'll hire that man. Hire this man. 
You don't have to go far. Don't be scared of Christians. You know, people are scared to do business with Christians. You know why? Because they know they're going to mess up and have to answer to that Christian. So they'd rather go fool with the world. And so what we need to do is keep our business in our house. And when you do something with someone in the house business, write a contract. Don't do the verbal handshake. Write the contract out. Spell it all out because the enemy will come. Why am I even talking about that? Because we need to be one. We need to keep the wealth in the house. Amen. We need to just be one in unity. We need to use each other's gift, not only the gifts that are used in the church, but the gift that are used outside the church. Come on, somebody. You need a plumber? That's the plumber right there. That dude can do anything in plumbing. Not two, three years ago, I told you, go get another plumber. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have referred to him. And if you come ask me about somebody in church, I will tell you. I will tell you where they are spiritually. You know, you might be a professional plumber, but you've got some underlying things that are not right. And so I will just tell you. Is that okay? That we can just be, not to judge somebody or talk down on somebody, but to just say they're not ready for that yet. They're just not ready yet. They're, they're growing. They're coming. How you doing, Trina? You look good. Aren't you glad you're back in church? Isn't church good? I, church is the best thing going on the planet. I got to say this too. The church is being devalued. And people try to fit church and God in. And their lives are full of entertainment, pleasures, hobbies. And you know what? That's not the life of Christ. This needs to be first. I'm not trying to control anybody, but you need to be built up to fulfill the will of God on your life. You have to. So you have to. And if you don't come to church, you can't. Don't expect your kids to come to church. Don't expect your crazy mom and daddies and aunts and uncles to come to church. They're not going to come. And so we need to get committed. We need to get grounded. We need to get our gift working in the church. Amen. I got 17 more points. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, really, we try to get everybody out at 8 o'clock. We call it out at 8. But tonight it's out at 8.15. Because when a special guest comes in, we kind of give them a little liberty. And so don't anybody judge us for that. You all dismissed. And we will see you. Uh, Saturday morning at Butcher Boy. If not, we will see you Sunday morning, 10 o'clock here.